Lenny of Sydney, and I'm so excited to talk about the Shadow and Bone fandom today. <laughs> my name is Maya. I'm also super excited. <laughs> I only got into it because of the Netflix series, but let's go. Um, hi, my name is Chell, and in case you didn't know, Ben Barnes is very attractive. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so the voice you are hearing right now is um, an author who loves both a whimsical, magical fantasy world and a rigid technical science fiction world. She gets sucked into books, movies, and television shows that include everyone's favorite misunderstood bad boys. She is the author of Tactical Surrender, the Timeless series, including Out of Time, and Queen of Exile. It's Chell, aka Destiny. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. That was like a really cool introduction i'm like who Thank is you so much. <laughs> meet her um, <laughs> well you are her so uh, there you wow. go gosh it's a lot of pressure i do want to preface because you had emailed us about you know getting together and doing this interview and i told you that maya and i would read shadow and bone and we did it That's totally <laughs> um, fine life got a little busy sorry got a little busy i own them they're somewhere in a box currently i also own them but i just haven't gotten around yeah <laughs> maya did you say you had watched the show yeah, I watched the Netflix series. Yeah, we both have. and <laughs> Well, that's a good sound. So I, I take it that you you felt you felt okay about it. It was so good. It, the story was so good. Yeah, I was a little surprised because I'm a little hesitant usually on Netflix shows. Mm-hmm. It's like, maybe yeah. we'll see. But it was based off books, so I just went for it. I yeah. think I binged it all in like one day. Ooh. Yeah, like it was a lot, but it was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really sucks you in. I think I also binged it in one day. I actually know. I know I binged it in one day. I took the day off of work (laughs) when it came out. I did not stay up until midnight um, to wait for it to drop on Netflix, but I, because I'm old and I need sleep. Um, I, I did, I say I'm old. I'm, I'm 29. I'm not old. You guys gotta let me, gotta make me stop doing this. Um, (laughs) but I, um, I took the day off work. So I woke up, I think at like 7am and Mm. I like scheduled in breaks. I took a break in the middle to like make brownies and then I ate the brownies. So it was a good day to be a Shadow and Bone fan. Yes, I, I completely understand. I knew of Shadow and Bone because I am an avid young adult novel reader and i knew of the series and i never got around to it for some reason i think the books had just come out like before i started reading and so i was gravitating to the new books that were coming out so but i knew of it Mm -hmm. but as soon as i saw a pre-promotional of ben barnes as the darkling i was like yeah okay (laughs) he is everyone in that cast is just hot oh my god they're (laughs) so hot they're so beautiful and he is really just serving sort of peak evil wizard fashion in that show so the first question we kind of have um is tell us about your relationship with fan fiction how did you get into it start like reading and writing it sure um okay well i'm going to say this and you guys have to uh promise not to say how old you were during this year of time um you got it i first started reading fan fiction and writing fan fiction in 2005 so I've been doing it for now more than half my life. And I think I, I fell into it because actually this is great timing. So to, is, is it all right to say what today is? I assume the episode's going to come out. Yeah, 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 yeah we don't a, care. <laughs> in a week or two. All right. So today is November 5th, 2021. Mm-hmm. And the, the casting for the Wicked movie, yes. uh, the musical Wicked was announced today, which is very exciting, and yeah. it feels like coming full circle because that was actually my first fandom. <gasps> wow! Yeah, I got really into. I think I uh, I saw it on a sixth grade trip to New York City. 
Yeah. Hell yeah. Yep. And um, I immediately became obsessed with it. And I ended up on this fan forum where people were, you know, talking about it and talking about the plot, but they were also sharing fan art and they were also sharing fan fiction. And wow. I spent a little bit of time lurking there. And then I decided to start writing my own because, I, you know, the story was not finished yet in my head. Mm -hmm. There is only so much that can happen in a musical. I mean, they've got all these, sure. these dance numbers they have to work in. The story continues. Uh, I went and I read the, the book Wicked, which I was like way too young to read. But that is the that's the theme of, of fan fiction, isn't it? I mean, isn't it not? Yeah. 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 Um, but also like on a level of like, I did not understand what was going on politically either. Like there oh, were just sure. a lot of layers. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that wasn't really what I was looking for. So I wrote a bunch of like, I wrote an AU where the characters got sucked from Oz into the modern world. Ooh. And... I wrote a little one shot that was just like, here's a picture of my friend. I'm sad that she's quote unquote dead. You know, oh. all the good, all the good. It was, it was genfic. And, and I got a couple of commenters that were like, I know this is genfic, but it's really lovely. And I read it as a romantic relationship. And like 13 year old me was like, oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. I mean, cool. It's not, but, and then like fast forward, like <laughs> fast forward, like four years later, it's like, oh, I also like girls. Weird. Um, nice. Yeah. When yeah. I, There's a pretty straight pipeline. Yeah. When I, um, when I was in Wicked, I was like really interested for some reason. And it's funny because I think nobody who's a very passionate fan of this musical is like this that I know of like today. But mm -hmm. at the time I was like really into the, the canon headship of Wicked Okay. And at one point, I ran out of M-rated canon headship sure. fic because everybody knows that the most compelling dynamic in Wicked is between the two women who are the protagonists. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, like, I ventured into that tag and I was like, oh, this stuff is kind of good. This probably means nothing about me. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, hmm. makes you, really <laughs> makes you think. Uh, and, uh, and I never thought about it again. So from there, it was a pretty, I think, straightforward pipeline. I got really into Harry Potter around the time, actually, that book seven was coming out. And I actually got really into, like, instead of the main Harry Potter cast, the Marauders. So I read and wrote a lot of fic about them. Then anime, video games. Um, nice. And then most Just recently. A bit of everything. Yeah, I've really zigzagged all over the place. And I've been... Mm -hmm. From forums, fanfiction.net, I was on LiveJournal. I, in fact, had two LiveJournals because Fuck my yeah. friends in high school were like, hey, is this your LiveJournal? And I was like 17 and I was like writing a lot of dark fic. And I was like, no, that's not my LiveJournal. Nope. And I quickly like created a second LiveJournal. I was like, this is my LiveJournal. Nope. Absolutely not. That's not me. No. I don't know her. Um, and, and here I am today. Writing uh, in our in in YA fandoms, which is I guess also coming back to books. So there we go. Yeah, nice. that's I understand you when it comes to the het ships because I've been watching Teen Wolf recently. Because mm -hmm. I unfortunately was not in the realm of Teen Wolf when it was coming out in like twenty fourteen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and but I really like Styles and Lydia. Mm -hmm. I love Stydia, and like there's no fan fiction for Aww. it ever. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, this is like a lot of Styles and Derek, which is fine, but it's just like not for me. And I'm like, please, I need somebody. Oh, I'm sorry. I hope I hope that you find that like good rare pair fic out there. I'm hoping so too. Um, I actually after after Wicked, I actually think I did like 
eight years in slash dominant fandoms. I mean, I I was very predominantly about like male male fanfic for quite some time. I think until the last six or so years, like that was okay. my dominant focus. And then I sort of slowly started switching back to. I got really into um like Winter Widow and Clintasha for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, and then obviously uh, there was Raylo. I don't know if you've you've heard of. Have you heard of Raylo? <laughs> you guys have. You guys have, know anything about Raylo? Can I interest you in some Raylo? Recently entered this. I was not a Star Wars fan. Uh-huh. My mother is really into Star Wars, and she grew up when like the original trilogy was coming up. And I have a friend of mine. They're really into Star Wars, but I wasn't into the movies. And I saw the Raylo fandom everywhere, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give it a little taste and was it delicious it is so delicious I I know because I heard the episode where you were gushing over Ali's book mm-hmm. so I was like mm, I like these I like these guys they are they are <laughs> pro Raylo um which is not always the case when you are talking to yeah. new people about fandom um yeah. so I'm glad and I, I'm there is a, so much fic for you to sample in in Raylo yes. like you will never run out I have so many things added to my own personal to read collection. Nice. I'm more of a Finn Finpo. Finpo <laughs> is a is a great ship. There are a lot of yeah. there are a lot of I think multi shipping Raylos who will mm-hmm. you know they'll do Ray, they'll do Rayload they'll do Finpo and they'll do this is a newer thing I think after episode nine but they'll do like Ginger Rose so they'll do like Hux and Rose so those those are the kind oh, of like okay. you know three pairing dynamics I feel like you'll mm-hmm. you'll see the two side ships in addition to in a in like a Raylo centric fic. I I love multi-shippers. I, I, I don't think I multi-ship personally just because I, I don't know why. There's just like a block in my brain that's like, no, only them. <laughs> mm. They only exist for each other. And like, that's it. But I think they're just much better human beings than the people who are just like <laughs> very mean about shipping yeah. and very mean about like who you can and cannot ship. And you're just like, we're all just trying to have fun. Yeah. Why don't we go back to like OTPs? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's a great, something interesting that I've noticed about the Shadow and Bone fandom actually, or at least the little corner of it that I'm in, mm-hmm. because I'm sure we'll talk more about it later. And it's yeah. actually, there's a kind of very interesting fandom structure that I need to go back and investigate a little bit more now that the show is out because I'm sure it's changed a bit but in in at least my pocket of fandom like where I've ended up a lot of people are like really they're they're not only they're cool with multi-shipping they'll write like crazy threesome fix they'll also like everybody thinks that based on some of her introspection in the book that Alina Starkov is in the same situation as many of us where she's just she's bi and she just like doesn't realize it yet Mm -hmm. so You'll have a lot of fix where, you know, she she has a past where she's, you know, maybe dated one of the other female characters yeah. or where, you know, she hooks up with like the Darkling and also like her friend Nikolai, who I know you guys haven't met yet. But like <laughs> there's a there's a lot of and I think it's also because probably the pocket of fandom I hold hang out in is a little bit older, but like everybody's mm-hmm. very chill with just like, yeah, do it, do whatever you want. I mean, that's what I appreciate. so much about especially since we started doing this podcast is i eh, i'm not i'm I'm an adult but i'm not really an adult so i'm like still stuck on this side of like fandom Mm -hmm. culture where i'm with with the teenagers Mm -hmm. and they're all just so aggressive about it they're really mean they're they're like on the edge of mean and some of them just straight up will mm-hmm. call you like slurs if you don't ship <laughs> yeah. who they ship so it's very nice to know that there is yes. different sides to the fandom where it's just like yeah do whatever you want we yeah. don't care yeah you just have to find the right it's it's really about curating your experience and and finding yeah. some cool people to hang out with that's really it um yeah. you'll get there 
I believe in you. One day. One day. Okay, I'm cheering for you. <laughs> I feel that way when, especially since we were talking about Raylo, there's like some nasty parts of the Star Wars fandom. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Which I feel bad for like the people who are like Raylos and like people who are just trying to have fun because like we for one know we are like deep in the My Hero fandom, which c- can be some of the most it's, it's unhinged so bad. <laughs> like, shit. Yeah. My roommate is actually into my into my hero. Nice. Yeah. So, but I so I know a little bit about it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why, like, I feel I always feel bad for the people who are just like trying to be normal, like normal, just having fun in their fandoms. And there's like people who are ruining it by doing some weird yeah. shit, and you're just like, man, I'm so sorry about them. Yeah. I mean, I will say that it's like you know, shippers are not a monolith. There are some Raylos mm-hmm. who aren't cool. We just you know yeah we don't talk to them it's fine it's like that in every fandom you know you've got your the people who you'll you'll want to hang out with and the people who you you don't want to hang out with and that's that's totally fine you just got to find the people who are your people yeah i think i saw a tweet one time that was like in every fandom 10 percent of the fandom or five percent of the fandom is like crazy but if in a bigger fandom that number's obviously much bigger yeah so that's just what we have to deal with being in like bigger fandoms Yeah. (laughs) yeah and i'm actually like I it's funny because I obviously haven't um, written Raylo fic in quite a while uh, mm-hmm. now, but I still talk about myself. I'm like, yeah, I am a Raylo. Um, it's because Raylo is a state of mind. It never leaves yeah. you. I, well, I, I actually think it's because a the the years of Raylo fandom, and I wasn't around for between TFA and the Last Jedi, so I wasn't there for like mm. peak okay. kind of Star Wars fandom insanity yes. around Raylo on Tumblr. But there is a lot of you know. You, it, there are a lot of people who come after you for the ship for whichever reason. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, they even have criticisms. And I'm like, yes, I agree with it. I am an adult and I have thought about things. And I have decided that this is my thing. Very sorry. So I think that there's a little sense of community identity just because, like, you really kind of had to form that pocket of yeah. fandom. And it's almost like a mindset. Now, a lot of um, a lot of Raylo authors, Raylo people who wrote Raylo fanfic are now publishing books or getting agents. And mm-hmm. even if they never write another Raylo fic again, it'll, I'll, it'll always be like, oh, it's good to see a Raylo succeed out there in the yeah. world. Did you, in the fandom of Shadow and Bone, did you see like a huge difference in fandom? Maybe not in the pocket that you're in, but just in fandom in general after the show came out? Yeah, I mean, there was obviously an explosion of content after the show came mm-hmm. out, which was really fun to see. Um, I One of the things that I, that's interested me... So, actually, first of all, should we talk a little bit about what Shadow and Bone is? Sure, sure. yeah. <laughs> um, just just in case somebody's listening to the podcast who is who has not seen the show. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I... Or or has not read the books. Um, I mean, you should. I, I imagine... First of all, you should. You should, yeah. The show is, is really fun. Like, yes. I cannot... There are things that, like, as a book-to-show adaptation person, I have quibbles with, but, like, mm-hmm. on the whole, I had a great time watching it. I mean, I've watched it a bunch of times through. Mm-hmm. I just think, like, it's a really enjoyable way to spend your weekend with that mm-hmm. show. Like, you will you will probably not regret it. You won't be like, I my wasted my dad time. enjoyed it. I watched it with both of my parents, and my 50-something-year-old dad loved it every second of it. That's Yeah, that's amazing. My mom read the Shadow and Bone books, and she really liked them, so... Uh, there's something in it for the whole family, I guess is mm-hmm. what we're trying to say. Um, so Shadow and Bone is, Shadow and Bone the show is an amalgamation of two different uh, YA fantasy series. The first is the Shadow and Bone trilogy, also known mm-hmm. as the Grisha trilogy, which is a very, um, 
and I say this with love, I don't mean this disparagingly, <laughs> because I feel like it all always like, like, I, it will sound, it can sure. sound a little disparaging, depending on your tone, but it's a very typical early aughts, um, sure. YA sure. narrative. Uh, yeah. Where you have a girl and she's an ordin, she's a normal girl, and she's like so normal, and she has a crush on a boy, and he doesn't notice her. But then it's discovered that she has magical powers, and she could be yep. the savior of her country. And suddenly, there are not one, not two, but three boys who are interested in potentially <laughs> kissing her on the face. And um, that's great, man! Like that's candy. You should just yeah. go in there and eat it up. I mean, it's it's so fun and i think that there is there's a lot to say about the world building both like good and bad mm -hmm. so it's it just like keeps you thinking about things for a little while and i don't want to be like it raises questions on the fundamental nature of good and evil but it does sure. have a preoccupation of with like the corrupting effect that power can have on people and yeah. i think that the, mm -hmm. that when you are writing for a teenage audience like that's not a bad one to explore i like in how in shadow and bone um people give love triangles or love shapes like a lot of flack but in shadow mm -hmm. and bone it's very clear that each of the three yes three for those of you who've only watched <laughs> season one of the show men that alina could end up with uh each one of them represents a different future self that yeah. she could become um so i always think that's really fun and then you have the six of crows duology uh which is a magical heist book like, it's great. Okay. The show decided that it was going to combine these two books in what I thought was a very smart move because yeah. the crows bring a lot of intrigue and a lot of levity to the show that the Shadow and Bone books themselves just wouldn't mm -hmm. have uh, if you film them straight. So Jesper's I was so funny. Oh, I love He's Jesper so, so much. Funny. Yeah. Um, and I love, I love the dynamic of, God, the... Uh, she's like a, the singer, the one with the throat, and the guy who's trying to kill her. Mm -hmm. I uh, love them. Nina... <laughs> Nina, are you talking about Nina and Matthias? Yes, Nina. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, they're they're fantastic. There's some great, great enemies to ally, reluctant allies to hmm uh, <laughs> stuff going on with them. I so I I really love them, and I love Kaz and Inej, and I love Jesper. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, so it was just a great. I really enjoyed the way that they incorporated all of that into the Shadow and Bone narrative, which in its is very like a sort of political narrative, but also mm -hmm. a very traditional coming of age narrative depending on how you play it. Um, so yes, so the show combines both of those things and uh, and it's a good time and you should watch it. And I do not remember what the question was. I am so sorry. Oh, <laughs> how no, did we get here? I, uh, <laughs> I don't know if there was. Oh, when you, after the, the show kind of popped off, got really popular because of the Netflix show, the fandom got really popular because mm -hmm. of the Netflix show. Did you see any like wild drastic change in the fandom? Yes, I, I, so I did. So I, yes, I started this by saying there was an explosion of content and that continues to be true. Um, it's a lot more active, I think, as a whole than it was prior mm -hmm. to the show coming out. Um, so definitely on the Dark Lena side, I can't always speak as much to, to the other sides of fandom, but I think that they also experienced a similar renaissance i know that there is more like kazan and Ezfik now mm -hmm. nina and matthias got got some love as well mm -hmm. um even even melina the which is nice which is which is very sweet ship is or or has the potential to be a very sweet ship asterisk citation needed um <laughs> <laughs> but no I, I i have no problem with melina i think it, it can be very charming mm -hmm. but the everybody saw like 
a lot of people writing more fic, drawing more fan art. Um, a lot of people writing fic who, like yourselves, haven't read the books, which is yeah. which is totally fine. I don't think you should have to prove any sort of credential to be a fan and write a fic of something. I, in high school, wrote a fic of a video game that I had never played based on other Sick. fan fics that I'd read. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so I really like digging into all as all facets of canon when I write fic but that is like so not mandatory and you can just go and be like yeah you know I thought that Nina and Matthias were hot and they should have kissed each other on the face and I have not read the books and just go write your fic and that's great (laughs) I I love that for you so so there was a lot more and I was actually kind of tracking stats so I I crossed I cross posted one of my Dark Lena fics out of time to Wattpad Mm-hmm. Um, which is a very different, like, just on every sort of level from AO3 on a on an interface level, on like a an interaction level, on a commenting level. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's really fun, um, and uh, it also has sort of very different stats tracking from AO3. So you can see okay. the number of hits you're getting, uh, like per day, yeah, um, on a particular fic. And when I when I checked out of time after the actually it's not hits it's unique readers per day when i checked out of time after the show came out it looked like a roller coaster you know the part on a roller coaster where it just like dives it was like holding steady holding steady swoop way up and it sustained there for like a good few weeks and came down very slowly so there's your data uh people were really interested in this show and they were looking to see what was out there and they were looking for more stories and more content and they were creating their own and it was really exciting to see the other thing that I think has changed is, as I mentioned before, the show was originally two separate book series. Mm-hmm. And while you had some people combining combining the storylines, especially since there is a third book series that does feature characters from both books, I actually felt prior to prior to the show coming out, just in my experiences with fandom, that it was honestly a little bit bifurcated. Like you sort of had your shadow and sure. bone people... And then you sort of had your crows people who tended to, they came along a little bit later. Maybe they were a little mm-hmm. bit younger. They were, there's certainly like much more diversity in the Six of Crows books than there is in the original Shadow and Bone books, which were, and they switched some of this up in the show, but the original Shadow and Bone books were very white and Ooh. mostly straight. And that's, you know, that's just the way that they were. That's not necessarily, yeah. that's just the book that was written. They looked at the show and they were like, we should put more diversity in here. And sure. they did. And, um, but the Six of Crows books, the author, Lee Bardugo, was clearly already thinking about questions of diversity and representation much more than she was with her first ever, with her debut novel series, Mm -hmm. right? So the people who were into Six of Crows, and by the way, this is not a blanket statement on everybody, uh, because I've certainly met people who incorporate all elements of the universe into their fic, even before the show came out. But there are some people who, who were preoccupied with the sort of set of characters that you meet in Six of Crows and and they had different considerations and different wants in their stories than mm-hmm. some of the older Darklina fandom who'd stuck around from from Shadow and Bone which is most of the interaction that I had with that fandom and certainly doesn't encompass the totality of that fandom mm-hmm. so it's very interesting and I think that the show has placed those like has sort of forced those things to come together a little bit more than they yeah. they did because now you have those characters interacting, those two very different sets of characters interacting with each other, and yeah. you have updates made for the show. So it's been really interesting to see. Cool. I wanted to touch on a little bit of the two fandoms you're the most a part of. We're not going to talk a ton about Star Wars, but 
you started, you didn't start, but you had like a really big rise in the Raylo fandom and you kind of moved on to the Grisha and that's where you are now with Dark Lena and stuff. Was that like an easy move for you? Is like, was the similar vibe of the stories, despite their genre of the content, drew you to both of those narratives? Yeah, I was actually very interested in in their differences as well as their similarities. Like, I think everybody loves a good, light, dark dichotomy. Like, we're drawn to each other even though we shouldn't be sort of mm-hmm. dynamic. I think people really like broody men who stomp around. Um, yeah. Just, just Maya does. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I... Honestly, I feel like the transition in Rainy Fix, and I, I did actually stop at another fandom between those two fandoms. Okay. Um, I went from Star Wars to the Folk of the Air series, which is another YA series. Oh, that's the that's the fairy. Yes, Crown Prince. The the, the like Cruel that. Prince. Yeah, the Cruel Prince. Yeah, the he's he's mean. But... Wow. <laughs> I have the book. Do you want to read? It? <laughs> cool. I gotta read Shadow and Bone first. Yeah. You you can you I honestly so. I honestly like the Cruel Prince book series better than I better Ooh. than the Shadow and Bone series. So Ooh. I don't know if I I don't know if you um, part partially and like this is this is not even necessarily a thematic thing, but it it is. I mean, I really like the way that the themes of the Folk of the Air resolve themselves in the third book. But also, Shadow and Bone was author Lee Bardugo's like debut novel series, yeah. and Holly Black by the time she put out the Cruel Prince had been publishing books for like. 15 years Mm -hmm. so it's just a different Mm -hmm. level of writer skill that we're talking about when it comes to those two books i also think i just like holly black as a writer better like i have enjoyed so much of holly black's books i love her Um, i just love her there was one book that it was the first book i read of hers and i'm trying to look for it on my bookshelves right now but it was the one about the fairy prince boy in the glass cage in the middle oh the the darkest part of the forest yes i love that book yes it's so good yes um yeah so i I didn't go, so I didn't go straight from Raylo to Dark Lena. I went from Raylo to a different like mm-hmm. to a different sort of like mean boy fighty girl fandom dynamic oh, yeah. and then I went to Dark Lena. And in terms of writing, it's very it's very interesting. So I feel like in Raylo fandom as you might be able to testify to because you've been exploring it lately, you can you can tell a lot when fix were written. Oh, I think I could tell when fix were written despite the like fandom we are in like a 2017 fic is way different than a 2020 fic mm-hmm. yeah to like a 2014 fic like they're just they have a different feeling to them yeah absolutely and prior to 2017 which is when the last jedi came out the dominant depiction of kylo ren in fandom was a lot harsher and a lot crueler okay. because he you know you, you've seen if you've seen the force awakens he just kind of yeah. like he shows up and he's like mean and he like kills a guy and then he's like mean to Finn and Uh then and then you know and then he kidnaps a girl and he seems vaguely sad sometimes but mostly he kidnaps a girl and he like tries to interrogate her brain and then she interrogates his brain and he's like whoa and he's shook but then he like you know stomps angrily into the forest and challenges her to a sword duel because that's how you flirt with people that's exactly how you flirt Mm -hmm. and um and she kicks his butt and it's really satisfying because he's like such a bad. Oh, I forgot the part where he killed his dad. That's a little bit important. Huh? Oh yeah, <laughs> I thought that's kind of what you meant by killed some guy, and we just didn't want to spoil well, no, the movie. <laughs> no, I um, 
I didn't say who his dad was. It could be any old That's dad. True. That's true. I was true. actually thinking of the opening scene in the movie where the first thing we see him do is like kill a kill a random man who we don't really the know that well. The movies have been out long enough. I don't yeah. think anyone cares. But yeah. so Hold on. yeah, this is the same girl who called Game of Thrones spoilers. The last okay. <laughs> That okay, the Star Wars fandom spoilers <laughs> versus the Game of Thrones fandom spoilers way different. Very different. Um, Very different. Bob. So okay. anyway, yes, I always, I don't always forget the part where he killed his dad, but it's like just so obvious. I think yeah. that I just tend to gloss over it. I'm like, yeah, we all know that. Let's talk about the other <laughs> stuff that he did. So he does a lot of, uh, he does a lot of bad stuff. He's a bad guy. He shows like one or two moments of wavering, but honestly, he seems. Pr- like reasonably you, you got to be pretty committed to a path to, that you're on if you're going to sure. kill your dad over it right like i yeah that's kind of step. a like you can't go back from that like you're kind of just moving forward from well there. theoretically you can't go back from that but if you're if you're kylo ren in the last jedi then you like get depression so and then it yeah. maybe it makes you reevaluate <laughs> and you meet a cute girl and maybe so. it makes you reevaluate some things uh i don't know can't um, bring your dad back though <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> Whoops. So prior to The Last Jedi coming out, you know, it took it would take so long for them to even get on the page where they would consider kissing each other. You know, they would fight and he would tend to be a lot meaner. And I think Ray would be a little bit more feral about it. And they would just like clash for 50 chapters. Mm -hmm. And then you, I think, had a bit more not more. You definitely have more more dark fic in the modern era. But you have like you have. I feel like just because of the sheer number of people who've showed up, you have more. But sure. I think that people, there have been some inter-fandom controversies about it, whereas I think, mm. I don't know if there were as many prior to The Last Jedi, just because I, I wasn't really around. But if you go look at, if you go look at some of the fix, you get more bodice rippery things, I think, straightforwardly, oh, I... that in the old ones. Like there, and, and I also mean that in the sense of like, please mind, please mind the tags, if you go check yeah. those out. Um, I think my favorite part of Raylo though is just how many AUs there are. So They're many everywhere. They I, could be anywhere. I know, and it's what's great is kind of like the sort of Twilight fanfic Renaissance. When you remove them from the Star Wars setting, they are very popular romance yeah. trope characters, and it's great because it's just like, yeah, oh, this is entertaining. I want to read this because in in the Last Jedi, you kind of got more of a canonical sense of like, mm-hmm. okay, he's a he's a mean guy he's got to do some self-work he's got to go to therapy Mm -hmm. and but he he likes this girl and he will do a lot for her Mm -hmm. and that's very appealing so you you started to have more stories that leaned into that side of them their connect their mutual connection their you know the way that they sort of get at each other's core emotions and Mm -hmm. they sort of balance out each other's weaknesses and desires and that's all really fun. I'm not really sure what the post Rise of Skywalker fanfic climate is, aside from all right, buckle down, we need to fix this. Um, <laughs> yeah, we gotta, we got an ending on our hands we did not like, so we gotta do something about it. Sometimes I'll see every now and then people being like, "Is the Raylo fandom still alive?" And people will be like, "Yes, it's, it's very alive." And I, although a lot of the people who I sort of, I guess, came up with in fandom are now writing for other things. Like, sure. a lot of people are still writing Raylo and, like, yeah. being very, very Raylo on main, and it's great. Anyway, what I was thinking about, my original train of thought with the with the Raylo fix was, I think that the Darkling in the books, not in the show, completely mm-hmm. different, not completely different, but very different guy in the show 
Thank you, Ben Barnes, for your like biggest, you, darkest <laughs> eyes ever. But the Darkling in the books is like much, much, clo- much crueler. Like he is, he's a, he's a bad guy, okay. and it makes me almost think of some of the pre Last Jedi era Raylo fanfics I've read, where it's like Kylo Ren is a bad guy and he's a mm. dictator, and we gotta like take him down a peg, but also he's like so hot stomping around like that, like in. Like, phys- physicality-wise, the Darkling in the books is much more, is much less, like, of a, like, refrigerator presence than Adam Driver. All respect ah. to Adam Driver. I mean that as a compliment. I He's love a bulky, bulky man. Just a brick of a man, and it's great, and he could, you know, throw you over his shoulder, probably, if he wanted to, with ease. Yeah. But, so physicality-wise, the Darkling is, is not like that. He's, like, a, you know, slender, pretty, immortal boy with, like, mm-hmm. really pale, eerie eyes and dark oh, yeah. hair and, like, a sharp face. And, um... He's been alive for so many years that he's <laughs> forgotten how to have empathy. And uh, so he does bad stuff. And he's just a bad guy doing doing bad stuff. And sometimes he's a little bit sad about it. And it reminds me very much of that. Like, I, I have a, a good friend in fandom who, after watching Shadow and Bone, who, um, who had always, like, written, you know, a slightly more dominating Kylo Ren, was like, man, I think that... Dark Lena is like the ship that I was treating Raylo as. Okay. And it was very interesting. And what was funny was when I was writing Raylo, I um I re- obviously I really adored Raylo, but I was also very interested in some like darker more power dynamicsy things mm-hmm. that I think that Dark Lena allows you to explore a lot of. And I don't know uh you mentioned Tactical Surrender. I don't know if you've read it. If you haven't, totally fine. But I sort of like played up a prominent side character in that fic to appeal to my sort of like I like people who are cruel and political and really ambitious and uh this guy's just gonna be here and sort of mess some things up and it'll be fun for the whole family except our protagonists it will not be fun for them he's like I'm gonna cause problems on purpose and the darkling is very much like that too so I think that the weirdly the less soft nature of dark lena appealed to me which is funny because show dark lena is like incredibly soft yeah <laughs> um but i love that too i mean it's a it's a different it's a different telling of the story but i'm not mad at it i mean god we have so many good makeout scenes to just loop Ooh. so who can oh, complain that about that scene. <laughs> oh god so many so many fix written about what happens after the war room <laughs> or, or if they no, or if they were not interrupted, what would have happened then? Um, I have one, but there are also a lot of that. Like, I think you could probably just go for a, a couple probably. of days and and keep reading them. Like, there are a bunch. Hell there's yeah. so many, and so that that provides a whole different sort of dimension and shade to that ship, especially for the probably more people who than who have read the book series who watch the Netflix show. So it's been fun in sort of the first fix that I wrote after the show to think about how to sort of balance the the sort of cold manipulator that Book Darkling was versus the well, the the simp <laughs> the 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 manipulative simp that show Darkling was. Yeah. I mean like he said he he you know he seemed vaguely sorry sometimes. 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 He showed a sliver of emotion. He, Sometimes. He had, well, he had, he actually had tears in his eyes on the show a lot. Yeah. 
Kaz Brecker was like, man, she ditched you. And he was like, gonna <laughs> like cry right there. So he had to try to kill Kaz Brecker, which I think is a very rational response to someone almost seeing you burst into tears over a girl, man. We've all been there. He called him a simp and they tried to kill him. <laughs> He, yeah, he was having none of it. No, none Absolutely of it. Absolutely not. <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, you, sh- you should have stayed in Ketterdam, bro," and then just like immediately tried to murder him. It's great. <laughs> I like to think it was because you know his pride was damaged, not just over his girlfriend running away, but over the fact that like this guy saw him like have a moment over it. <laughs> yeah, like nah, rude. No, nah, that's why he was like, "No one can see me be a simp." I know <laughs> it'll ruin my only I have to maintain. <laughs> I have an image to maintain. I mean, he did. He gave he gave her flowers in front of a lot of people. Like, argue, argue. You could argue that he was a little bit past the point of caring, but maybe not that far. Maybe not to the point of tears. You'll never know. So to shift gears a little bit, mm-hmm. I just have a couple questions about you personally and, oh. your, lar- and your writing. Well, not like super personal. Oh, or me personally. Like that. Well, I'm an Aquarius. <laughs> Good to Whoa. know. Good to know. We're both Virgos. Nice. Oh, that's great. I don't actually know anything about astrology. I kind of pretend to. Ah. I kind of fake That's it. That's fine. Because I'm a millennial. Yeah. I'm like, You're I'm a good, Scorpio man. rising. And I'm like, I think that means that I'm a sexy personality. But who Hell knows? yeah. Good for you, man. <laughs> uh, so seeing as you've probably talked about a wide variety of like AUs and covered a lot of topics, what's, if there hasn't been a trope that you've hit yet that you really want to, what is that trope? And then on the flip side, what's something that you absolutely don't want to ever touch? Oh, Okay. I kind of knew this question was coming and I, I thought I would have a better answer by, you know, Friday of one of the most stressful work weeks I've had ever. Hey, man. Um, let's see. Uh, trope that I'd really, hmm, I don't know. I feel like I sort of have like a trope like list that I kind of keep coming back to over and mm-hmm. over again. Um, obviously, I'm very fond of locking people in a room together until they resolve their differences. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Um, that face you made was extremely feral. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, so I wrote a fic for the Folk of the Air fandom, where which is um, the only ABO fic I've ever written. And prior Ooh. to writing that fic, I did not think I would ever write ABO. But it is a very much a, um, I'm going to contrive a circumstance where we have to lock these people in a room together until they resolve their differences. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, Hell yeah. And, you know, whatever else happens when you lock two people in a room together in the Omegaverse and they're of opposite designations, you know, sure, use your imagination. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm <laughs> uh, sure it will be fine. So, like, communication and facades and mm-hmm. our, like, big themes that I think kind of just keep coming up over and over again. One thing that I keep doing... And I, I don't back off because I'm scared of this or anything, um, but it's just because I either like run out of time or don't have energy or have moved on to a different fandom is that I sort of like keep plotting out fix into the future where mm. the characters eventually become parents. Ooh. And I really very after, you know, after they've worked out their differences and come yeah. to an accord or or sometimes not sometimes very inconveniently in the middle of things. Um, oh, yeah. The sequel to Tactical Surrender originally was going to have that as a plot point because that's what happens when you have unprotected sex for a week with your hey, nemesis. Man. Use a condom, kids. Like, uh, practice safe sex. Please. <laughs> please. Are, what is it? There are consequences of your actions. <laughs> I although it's it's very funny because I think that people in Raylo sort of clued in clued into that with Tactical Surrender, mm-hmm. um, with some little hints toward the end of the fic. And 
realized maybe that Tactical Alliance was going there. And so when I wrote my first fic for the fandom after that, which was um, Folk of the Air and the fic was Queen in Exile, the characters had unprotected sex. I, my fanfic is not, my fanfic is not sex ed, so I am sorry. No Uh, fanfiction is. Yeah. Well, some fanfiction is. Yeah, but... Uh, people kept being like, ooh, is she going to get pregnant? Uh-huh. And I was like, not in this. She's 18. Like, no, yeah. she's not in this fic. And I was like, man, if I if I keep getting more of these comments, I will have them go to CVS and buy Plan B. Well. <laughs> and, and I did. Always good to have on hand. And and then I did because I was like, you know what? We're, we're going to, we're going to talk about birth control now. Very oh, yeah. sorry. But it was, it was like, it, it, it helped the fic out. Like it was a very funny interlude. Like it originally came not, I wouldn't say from a place of spite, but from a place of like slight exasperation because not every time somebody has unprotected sex in a fic, they're going to, yeah. or like unprotected PIV sex. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're going toward a pregnancy plot. Fic is is a realm of fantasy where sometimes yeah. you can do things without consequence that you wouldn't want to do in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but it ended up being a very funny interlude because one of the characters in that fic obviously was like of the fae, so had never been to a CVS, was like Perfect. flipping through tabloid magazines, <laughs> tried to buy a massive amount of candy. Like, it was great. Um, really enriched it. So I think that I would love to get some of the characters in the in the fics that I've written which have been very you know enemies to lovers focused recently mm-hmm. to that place to to that place in the fic where I finally am like all right we're gonna write the part where they they have the kid and Babies. take care of the kid now <laughs> nice. um, and hopefully because you know even if you've come to an accord with each other and you you can be parents and you're you're together and maybe you're married maybe you're not um, maybe the marriage is the problem. Who knows? But then I would like to actually like get to do the sort of ever after ending that I've had in mind for mm-hmm. a, a few of these folks. Nice. Yeah. Not uh, a happily ever after. I know, especially when they've then... like. <laughs> Did you say not you? Yeah, I'm. I'm in it for pain. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. You. You would. You. You would like some of my other fix then. Um, Send you, it my way, girl. You might. You might like. You might like the ending of of. Uh, TS, which is very open-ended. I don't think it, I didn't think it was unhappy, but because they weren't like technically together at the end of the fic, a lot of people were like, oh, is that it? It's like, yeah. I mean, I have a part two, but but it's it's a little bittersweet, you know? Same with the ending of Out of Time is also a little bittersweet. I just really like an open ending too. What can I say? No, that's why um, this works really well is because Maya and I are somehow exactly the same, but also exactly different. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a great formula. So my, my roommate is also in, she's also fanish. She's also into fandoms. Nice. And I am obviously very fanish as well. And like, we both write fic, but we, we like never the twain shall meet in terms of like which fandoms we're into. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's a great way to maintain harmony in the household, I would say. Because sure. we're like, we don't have clashing headcanons, right? Like we never, uh, we're interested in different things, even if we like, like the same property. Like it's great. It's a, it's a, it's an awesome formula yeah. for a friendship. Um, Absolutely. It is. It's mm-hmm. the balance. Buddy. Um, oh, okay. And the, the second question was like trope. I would never write. You would never yeah. write. Never yeah. touch. Don't have any plans. Uh, well, I, you know, prior to, I guess, March of last year, I would have said ABO. Um, sure. Then I wrote AB- <laughs> ABO. And that's <laughs> not that to happened. say that I had anything against ABO on like mm-hmm. a, it, like, I just felt like it, it wasn't for me. But then I, I have some friends who've written some really brilliant ABO fix because I, um, 
I try to describe ABO to people who are not in fandom as like turbo gender. Like obviously designation is another layer on top of sexuality Mm -hmm. and, and on top of gender, but like the stereotypes that come with being alpha omega are extremely gendered. Right. Mm -hmm. In terms of like one of those is clearly associated with things we associate with masculinity. One of them is very much associated with things we associate with femininity. So it allows for some interesting critiques of especially in fics that are set in really sort of like societies that are very segmented by designations. It allows for some very interesting critiques and looks at our world's structures. Sorry, that was a very academic way to talk about ABO. No, you're, you're good. <laughs> but um, but that, yeah, sometimes so it's got to be me. more than just like heat and slick and knots. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that honestly, that was all the stuff that kind of kept me away from the genre for a little bit because I was like, oh god, all those fluids must require like a mop, you know, a bucket yeah. and a mop, <laughs> you're right. some mop. And I'm just like, oh, that's that's not just not really my kink. But I I like the sort of um uh brain games, and I actually have. Uh, an ABO fic to recommend at the end of the show. So very nice. Oh man. Okay. So I do want to talk about out of time a little bit since we're like kind of diving into your shadowverse, Grishaverse kind of thing. Uh-huh. So your fic out of time touches on like politics and arranged marriage and writing politics. At least I believe is quite difficult because everything needs to make the most amount of sense. Mm-hmm. So was this the first time you delved into these topics, or were they somewhat? Or were you somewhat knowledgeable in the subject and wanted to bring it in your fan fiction? God, I, I wish I knew a lot about politics. Um, oh, I yeah. mean, I do I do now. I feel like by coming up in the age that we have, it's something that we have really, not just like sort of the, the age of being able to access all of this information that mm-hmm. we wouldn't previously have had access to, but also the, the charged climate that we're in. Like, you have to think about politics. Sure. But those are our politics. Like, it's very different to go into a fantasy world and try to write fantasy politics yeah. from scratch. And it was something that actually always intimidated me when I was a much younger writer. I was, I've been writing, you know, most of my life at this point, and definitely, definitely longer than 20 years. I don't know. How old am I? Um, so for a long time, I was like, I was very intimidated by the idea of writing politics, but it was something that I actually came into when I was writing for Star Wars, because unless you put these characters in an AU setting, or unless you have Kylo Mm -hmm. Ren sort of desert his order early on, which in itself is a very political act, you can't really avoid the fact that one of the people in your story, especially if your story is set after The Last Jedi, is in command of a faction that controls, you know, a pretty significant swath of the galaxy. Yeah. You just really can't get around it. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Tactical Surrender was the first time that I gave some thought to, okay, like, what sort of agendas would be advanced by this system? What sort of beliefs would this guy have to have bought into in order to like be part of this and it's interesting because Kylo Ren strikes Kylo Ren also strikes me as a guy who fundamentally is pretty uninterested in politics he's much more interested in his own um I mean in a roundabout way being in charge of this organization is kind of the only way that he can be safe Mm -hmm. because you know the previous leader was his abusive Sith Matt not Sith don't cancel me. Don't cancel me, Rilos. Um But, you know, his, his abusive dark side master, and prior to that, he was being tugged in a, in a bunch of different directions. So being, a, being this dictator figure was really the only way he could be in control of his own destiny at all. Or I'm sure it felt like that to him. I don't 
really believe he he has much more ambition than that than to like be in control of his life for the first time but then it also means that he tacitly supports a program that kidnaps children from many planets and brings them to be trained as stormtroopers so you got to think about that and you also have to sort of think about the forces within his organization that are pushing and pulling on him and might want to try to oust him so ts was really the first time i gave a lot of thought i think to those organizations and structures in out of time i actually did research while writing it on actual Russia. So hmm. I read a because the politics of actual Russia um are quite fascinating. Although I didn't I didn't get past the so the the dissolution of the Soviet Union, but I read okay. a very big book on it was an audiobook. I listened to a very, very long audiobook about Stalin and the people around Stalin and the court politics that were at work there. And God, it was like 36 hours long. And by the time we got to the end, I was so excited for Stalin to oh my die. God. Just a horrible <laughs> man. Just, just like a, a, that's like a history class in and of itself. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, but it was it was great. And I, I can rec- I can give you guys the information at the end of the podcast. And I read a I read another chronicle by the same author, Simon Sebag Montefiore, that chronicled the entire Romanov dynasty from, yes. from you know. <laughs> 300 years of, of ruling in Russia and the, per- the different personalities that asserted themselves. And incidentally, like around that time, I also watched The Crown um, because I was suddenly very oh, nice. interested in royal politics. This was not for research for out of time, but it, it like really all of this cemented to me that politics and personality are so deeply intertwined that they like both of those things influence each other in, in like pretty in ways that that can't really be ignored I think if you're writing again a long fic about two people who are in charge of a country so and obviously there's a there's a lot of like there's a real sexiness to power right sure there's absolutely there is <laughs> yeah you said that with like your full chest dude yeah. I'm into the criminal AUs you are power <laughs> I, do, I do have a very specific specific recommendation for you Maya at the end of this fic <gasps> oh, yeah thank Ooh, you man <laughs> I, I've listened to your back catalog a little bit. Like, I know. I know what I'm getting into. Um, so it's like, it's sexy to think that someone would go to war for you, right? It's, yes, it's yeah, sexy. absolutely. It's, it's, you want to just be the woman that's like, oh, when is my husband yes, coming yes. to war? And, there, and that is great, and I love that for you. The, the, you know, it's like, but there, there's also a lot about politics that feels really, really boring. And, um... Mm. Currently, I'm listening, I'm re-listening to a series of books I read when I was much younger, which is like, uh, which is The Wheel of Time, which is a a 14, 15 book fantasy epic series. And it's going to be a TV show, which is why I'm listening to it again. And, but like, at one point, one of the characters inherits sort of a queendom from her mother. And sometimes you go into meetings with her and, you know, her, her secretary is like, my lady the sewers need desperate attention and you're just like oh man like this is not fun uh this is not the fun part part of being a ruler but you got to think about it a a little bit so yeah now I find that all of that stuff intensely fascinating and I want to do more reading on you know political dynasties and political forces to hopefully use in, in other things that I do but yeah I I am now more at home with writing that stuff than I think I ever thought I would be when I was like 20 I was just like what is this how do countries work I have, I have, I, what is a war? Like, it's confusing. There's yeah. a lot that goes into running a country. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into running a country. If I had to run a country, I would never sleep again. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be like Ice Town in Parks and Rec. <laughs> it would fall apart at the seams. <laughs> There's a reason Obama. Like, if you see pictures of him from before his presidency <laughs> to after, gray that hair. Aged Fifty years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I do. Yeah, I do. It's not a job that I envy, but it is interesting to write about. So, out of time. This is what we're talking about. <laughs> out of time. Your fic has ninety four thousand. I'm going to praise you for a second. So sit there and ha- let it happen. Okay. Has 94,987 hits, 3,743 kudos, and 847 bookmarks. It is the number three fic in all of Grisha fandom and the number two fic in all of the Dark Lena fandom. So as people who write fanfiction, <laughs> how does it feel to be so upheld in this community and to be one of like when when someone's new in the fandom and if they just look up Grishaverse or Dark Lena fix, yours is one of the first that they see. Like, what does that feel like, I guess? Yeah. Even if you've never thought about it before. No, it's really very deeply surreal. And I think I, I got a little bit lucky because I had sort of a similar response to Tactical Mm -hmm. Surrender back in the day. So I kind of knew what to expect. It's just, it's really very deeply flattering. And like, I feel, I just feel really lucky that I've written things that people really vibe with Mm -hmm. and really like, and sometimes like think about um, to the point where you know, they'll come talk to me about it like months after or someone, sometimes someone will pop up and be like, yeah, I'm on my third reread. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) do you want my hand in marriage perhaps? (laughs) Um, Like I can't put any more kudos. I'm sorry. They won't let me. I know. It's, it's great. Um, It's just like, it's really, it's really nice of people at the same time. And I don't want to say this like, like it's, it's such a hard thing, but you really start kind of getting sometimes it can make you sort of get in your own head about things a little bit and um, to to have that sort of attention because then it becomes like, what if my next fic isn't as good? Or like, what if the people who have subscribed to me, like, what if I move on to another fandom and as happened with, with Raylo, yeah. what if I move on to another fandom and and the people who are who follow me just don't want to read it? And that's mm-hmm. fine. It's not the end of the world. But I, I think it, I think it can can also be a little bit of pressure as well. And I, at least, I have, I don't really have a problem talking about this. I can sometimes get in my own head about, like, numbers and stats. Mm -hmm. And I um, currently am writing a fic that I think would probably be best categorized as as gen fic versus ship fic. um, In that it is, like, a coming-of-age magic school sort of of story. And those are a lot harder to, and I'm going to use the very cynical term, market to -hmm. people than ship fix are. So I was initially like very worried, <laughs> a little bit worried about like it finding a home with people because I knew that it wasn't going to get the same response that that out of time or something like TS got. But at the same time, when that doesn't happen, you're like, oh, like, did I do something? And so so it's just a, it can be a lot of pressure. But it, it's also like this amazing, magical thing that I feel really lucky to have experienced mm-hmm. twice. So like, on the whole, it's it's great, but it's also, you know, it's it's intimidating. <laughs> sure. I know. I even feel that way when I publish a chapter and it doesn't get as many comments as before and you're like, yeah. man. <laughs> you just can't. I mean, like, the, th- the bottom line is that you can't really get in your head about that stuff. And it takes mm-hmm. a little bit of, like, trying to actively train yourself out of, like, not looking at your stats page or yeah. not counting comments or 
just being like, well, you know, like if, if not as many people commented on this chapter, like they might be on vacation. They sure. might have things going on. They might just not be able to read. Maybe they will never read this fic again. And that's okay because people have things going on mm -hmm. in their lives that strange as it seems are not about my fic, which is yeah. when, when, <laughs> when you're all about your fic, it can be hard to remember that, but it is yeah, strange, yeah. but true. So yeah, I hope that I, you know, I, and I, I just, I don't want to sound ungrateful in saying any of that because I, uh, because I am very grateful to people. And even when a fic gets less attention than out of time, which is like, yeah, a really high bar to clear. Yeah. Um, I am still, you know, I still have more of a, I'm very fortunate to have like more of a following now at this point in my fan fiction writing career than I did starting out. And I know that that, that makes it easier for people to find my stuff and read it and respond to it in general. Um, so I'm very lucky in that sense. And I don't like to talk about the insecure side because I feel like a lot of people would love to have that problem. Sure. So yeah, so it is, it, but it, but it is tricky because you, you want to sort of like match yourself. Yeah. Um, and that can be hard to do, uh, especially because popularity is so much luck, <laughs> like mm -hmm. more than it is skill. Yeah. Um, I would say, uh, out of time got really, was in a very good place because it was a long, complete fic when the show aired. Yeah. And when the show aired, I think it was the, like the first fic you might find if you search for Darklina, you went to Darklina and you searched, mm -hmm. I don't remember if it was comments or kudos or hits, but it was, it was already up there. And because it was so long and because it was complete, I think a lot of people sort of read it as their first dive into into Darklina fan fiction and that's part of why it got so much so much attention was because like it was just because it was there so I think that like I think that that is is something to remember that if you know I was writing a lot of fan fiction for for years that did not strike as big as either of those two big fics mm -hmm. and you know part of it was I was involved I was evolving as a, a writer over time but part of it was just like I wasn't lucky and sure. so I think that I think that it's something that you you sort of have to let roll off your back at some point because it doesn't actually have any bearing on your skill as a writer. Like there are some, there was a great initiative in Raylo fandom and I hope it's still going um, called the Raylo hidden gems project where people would draw attention to fix. They really loved that had under a hundred kudos and wow. like this account would make mood boards for it and people would, and they would promote it. And it was a great way to find some like really good hidden gems in that fandom. So it's super cute. Yeah, I Whoa. like that. <laughs> yeah, the Raylo community is just like on the whole, I I think that like they're so organized. They're they've done charity initiatives, right? They've done charity anthologies. They've done like regular anthologies which just take such an incredible amount of organization mm -hmm. and they and they come up with with things like that in order to sort of like fill needs that people see in fandom. So, it's it's great. Good good fandom. <laughs> on the, the whole, good fandom. <laughs> Yeah. Good fandom. Yeah. Good fandom. <laughs> Winding down a little bit, what has been the best writing advice that you have come across? Oh, um, wow. So, God, okay, so the first thing I think of is quite silly, so I'm not going to say that just yet. Um, okay. I think that the, the um, best general writing advice that I've ever heard is just to, like, write something. Sure. Like, it's easier, it's much easier to if you stop overthinking it and just like get some words down on a page, then you have some words on the page mm -hmm. that you can like make better. If you don't write down anything and you, and you strive for perfectionism, you don't have any words on that page. And, uh, and that is not the outcome that you want. 
so there's that. And then when I was in high school and I was looking up advice for writing sex scenes for the first time. Oh yeah. And uh I came across some someone's blog post that was like if you're not writing if you're not typing one-handed you're doing something wrong. Oh. And not literally, not literally. God, please. Right. Um sorry all listeners. Uh <laughs> not literally, but like the idea that like if you're going to go write something sexy, it should you should find it sexy if you want it to be sure. sexy. Otherwise, it's mm-hmm. not going to work out. I think that is very good advice for writing sex scenes, generally speaking. Um, I would say so. It yeah. will go a lot slower if you actually type one-handed, so I would not recommend doing that. We um, recommend using two hands. Two hands. As many hands as you have. If you only have one hand, yeah. more power oh on you. I. But it is. it is great. It is also like really fun to get comments to the effect of like um not just like oh this was so hot but like my husband really appreciated me reading this fanfic or something along those lines like (laughs) I which has not not happened very much to me but has happened to a couple of of friends of mine where they've gotten comments sort of like you know to that effect of like this really improved my sex life and it's like you're welcome fuck yeah yeah I think my highest caliber content is when my beta, aka Maya, goes, "What the fuck did you yeah. guys write?" Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, Haha. "Yeah." Sometimes you just want to be like, you just want to get what out of people. Very satisfying. I agree Very with you. Very satisfying. Very good. Okay, so we also have a YN's choice. So we have Chell's choice Uh-oh. of all of the fics you have written. Which is your favorite and why? I honestly think it's gonna be. My usual answer to this question is like it's whatever I'm working on at the time, but mm-hmm. but I really think it's going to be out of time because I feel like that was just the most cohesive fic mm-hmm. that I've written, and like w- as with most fics, once they sit for a little while, there are still things I'd like to go back and 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 change. Like there's some yeah. some pacing things in like the second half of the fic that I, if I had more time with it to to let it marinate then I would probably go back and rearrange but it was the first fic ever that I'd ever that I wrote in its entirety before posting it um at all and I really think that that did something very good for the fic um and I think it it feels like a like a story that is plotted and has pacing and has a beginning a middle and an end and I am um and it does it in about two-thirds of the time that it took tactical surrender to do it so I am, so I'm very proud of it. Nice. Okay, and then the moment we have all been waiting for. (laughs) What is your favorite fic or the fics you would recommend the most? Well, as a disclaimer, I don't read a lot of fanfic. I find it very difficult to read fanfic in the fandom that I'm writing for. Okay. um, When I'm writing for it. Especially if I'm, like, writing a lot of canon-based fics, which is what I'm doing with Shadow and Bone. But... That does not often that does not apply as much if it's like a fic centered around a pairing or set of characters that I don't have as much attachment to. Mm-hmm. So my first recommendation is actually it's a fic called Murder Ballad. It's by my friend, my dear friend Linear A, and it is a, uh, a Shadow and Bone ABO fic, and the pairing is Kaz and Inej, Ooh. and um, and it's just great because this is something that I did not think about, but. In the universe of Shadow and Bone as we know it, there is no, there's no Greece. There's no Greek. So okay. what do you call an alpha, beta, and omega in a world where there is no Greek, al- Greek alphabet? 
Um, so she sort of invented like an entire linguistic system to talk about, I mean, not oh, system, yeah. but she, she had invented a, an entire set of terminology to talk about what alphas, betas, and omegas are in two separate cultures in this fictional world. Wow. And, you know, that's, that's Putting leaving more. aside stuff about the actual fic, which is obviously like gorgeously written and hot. <laughs> I am I am just so impressed by that attention to detail and that world building that I had to give it a shout out on this podcast. Yeah. Also because it is one of the few Shadow and Bone fics that I have actually read. But I give it a hearty thumbs up if you're a oh, person yeah. who does not mind ABO. I recommend checking it out. And then playing into uh, Maya's love of yeah, criminal yeah, romance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just in case anyone listening to this podcast has not read the classic uh, Raylo fanfic, Go I Know Not Whither and Fetch I Know Not What by Voiced Implosives, which is a Russian mafia AU uh, starring uh, Kirill Ren instead of Kylo Ren. Wow. Um, and a Ray who is who has traveled to Russia to try to track down information about her biological parents. Um, I would recommend you Go I Know Whither and read it immediately. Go you to AO3. Join the Raylo fan. Now, now, now I have to read it. <laughs> now you have now to I read have it. To. It is a it is a it is a great fic. Um and I and I thought you would like it, so I, I brought it to you. Um Fuck yeah. But it is it's a Raylo fandom classic for the reason for a reason. Like people quote the lines of the summary to Whoa. each other. I have a sh- I actually have a, a shirt <laughs> with the year is 1994 printed oh on it, God. which is which is how the how um, the summary of the fic begins. And if you just say that in the Raylo fandom, like chances are like someone they will know what you are talking about. They will know you're talking yeah. about fetch. They call it fetch as an abbreviation. People people know like the people know. And we're all like Tam did a beautiful job with that fic. And like it is it is extremely beloved for a reason. Uh, yeah. So I have to spread the gospel of fetch. Uh, you got to read it now. I, yeah, I'm going to. It's on my reading list. <laughs> and um, that's that's what I got. Oh, incredible okay. list. Thank, Thank you, you so much for those. <laughs> You're so welcome. I hope if you read them, um, you, you you know, that you like them. And also, yes. I'll happily send you the links as well um, by email so you oh. can put it in the Spotify description if you want it. Absolutely, yes, we will. Of course. So we yeah. can all read them. Yes. <laughs> all of us. All of us. Um, it, is a, it is a classic. It's a classic. And Murder Ballad should be a classic. So there you go. All right. Well... I'm so sad this episode is over <laughs> but thank you so much for being with us today it was so fun talking to you about Raylo and Shadow and Bone yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love that you're a Raylo now that just makes me very happy in my soul um, I, I ha- this podcast has done so much for my like reading like I probably stuck to like three ships before and now I'm just like yeah I'll read this and that and that and I didn't know there was fan fiction for this and I didn't know there was fan fiction for that and I guess I'll read that and now I'm reading like oh my god so many different fandoms so many different pairings and it's just done the most amount for me that's amazing and it got you guys both to watch the shadow and bone tv show which I think I hope you agree mm-hmm. was not time wasted time well spent it was not time wasted no, I'm so excited for whatever Season two. Yeah. I know me too I I cannot wait there are some um at least as of this episode, there are a couple of key characters in season two whose casting has not yet been announced, um, whom I think you guys, I hope you guys will like a lot. But one of them is like one of my favorite characters in, in the entire book series. Oh, um, yeah. And his name is Nikolai. And 
he is like the most outrageous combination of tropes I have ever experienced in a man. So I hope you get to meet him quite soon. So thank you very, very much for having me. I too wish we could like continue to talk because this has been a great time. Um, Is there anything you want to promote? Uh, Twitter, AO3, whatever. Yes. So I am Destiny's Fic on Twitter and Tumblr. Technically, my Tumblr URL is judeling.com. It is a long story. Oh, yeah. So I'm Destiny's Fic on Twitter and Tumblr. I am Destiny's on AO3 and Ko-Fi and wherever books are sold. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's all I got. My current work in progress is called Sunspark. It is a Grishaverse AU where Alina is discovered young and raised in a little palace and goes through all sorts of like middle grade novel shenanigans. Hell yeah. So I if you are interested in checking it out, I would recommend doing that. Thank you very much. Perfect. Yay! Oh, well, I just want to thank you so much one more time. It was a joy talking to you. Um and this has been a nice final author interview for the year for us oh my gosh is it getting are we is this episode going to air in december do i need to say no it's going to air in november but we are doing the regular schedule doing a q a um and then we're taking two weeks off for the holidays oh very nice okay so i guess i should i guess i should wish everybody a happy thanksgiving if you're american happy american thanksgiving yep (laughs) pre-christmas happy black friday everyone everyone. Cyber um, Monday. <laughs> wear, wear, get vaccinated and wear a mask if you're gonna if you're Absolutely. gonna go to the stores. Yes, um, if you're gonna be in airports visiting your families. Yeah, yeah. Yep. that Anti- is what I want to promote. Please. Get a <laughs> vaccine. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay, uh, wrap up time. Follow us on TikTok, Tumblr, t- Twitter. Twitter, and now Instagram. We have Woo! an Instagram now. It's nothing, but please follow us on Instagram. <laughs> Follow us on Spotify, rate, review, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Um, if you liked the episode, if you like us, um, the Christmas season is around the corner. Um, and if you want to give us a little bit of money to keep the podcast going, mic stands, all the fun things that we still need, it's ko-fi.com slash canonically incorrect. Tag your fix accordingly. Donate to AO3. And thank you so much for listening. Bye! Bye! Bye.